these are views from people that would not have viewed our industry if it wasn't yeah, for like somebody if someone that hires they drew to. to speak at the event then they didn't hire making chips so like drew you're not coming on the show anymore. i'm okay you're taking money out of jason's pocket yeah. <laughs> yeah, right right <laughs> i'll stay home with my kids it's all good hey metalworking nation jason zenger here i want to tell you about palo alto networks they offer zero trust for ot without the ptsd Keeping operational technology secure and running smoothly is a tall order. It's enough to make the coolest operations director wake up with night sweats, and we don't want that. Zero Trust OT Security delivers comprehensive visibility and security for all OT assets, networks, and remote operations. The Palo Alto Network solution provides exceptional OT protection with over 1,100 app IDs for OT protocols, over 500 profiles for critical OT assets, and over 650 OT-specific threat signatures supported. It provides best-in-class security while simplifying OT security management. It sees and protects everything in the network, and it automates threat detection while implementing zero trust across all operations. We know right now that security at manufacturing companies is critical, and you need to take action on this. So sleep better with the most comprehensive platform to detect, manage, and secure OT assets. Learn how the Palo Alto Network's Zero Trust for OT Security Solution can achieve 351% ROI over five years. To learn more, find the link in the description or visit paloaltonetworks.com. That's paloaltonetworks.com. Hey, Drew, what's up with the ring light? You on a cooking show or something, man? What's up with that? <laughs> you selling cosmetics? I became an Instagram thought overnight. Uh-oh. <laughs> when you have the most famous grill in manufacturing, you want to make sure it sparkles. <laughs> That's man. what you should be known you for. Bling, bling, baby. Let's go. Welcome to Making Chips. As manufacturing leaders, we go through seasons. Seasons of struggle and seasons of celebration. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you will be equipped to make the most of the peaks and you'll be inspired to move quickly through the valleys. What you will hear is not just our opinion. It is the battle-tested testimonial and advice of a manufacturing leader just like you. So listen up and take notes. Welcome to Making Chips Seasons. So here we are, St. Louis, Missouri. You can find me in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Andrew Crow. What's as up? What's our up? Guest host. Is it Drew so now? Good. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, Drew. I feel like your parents call you Andrew, but I really didn't have a preference up until I was forced to make one. It, this amazing is going to make me sound bougie with the ring light thing. I am a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't used to be bougie, but now he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm stepping into my bougieness <laughs> or being pushed into it. So I've signed with an agency. And the first things that they said was, we see Andrew, we see Drew everywhere. No matter what you do, it's a different name. So you got to pick one. So I throw them all in the hat and I'm officially Drew. Bro. Well, hang on. No, no, no. He's the MFG. I am. Yeah. So Drew, I've got my MFG leader shirt. Let's go. The Making Chip shirt, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've given you one or not, but we should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people look at the MFG and they're like... 
Are you swearing what's at me? Mother, like, what? what's mother, father? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on there? What's the story behind that? So, you know what? A lot of people ask that question. So, I'm glad that we can clear the air right here on making chips. Always a first on you making know what I'm chips. Saying? This is like the biggest platform for us. But no, it's a big thing to just let everybody down. There really is no meaning. There's so many different meanings. So no matter where I am, somebody has a meaning for it. It's like a good piece of art, man. You decide. Exactly. Whatever it means <laughs> so to you. So you didn't name yourself this. Nobody should ever give themselves their own nickname. So. <laughs> I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, we had... Okay, so I got to call this out. So I had a friend and I'm just going to say his name. His name's John Tauber. And he used to run with me and my crew. And we all had nicknames. Well, he never had one. So he decided he was going to go by T-Bone. You know? Because oh, <laughs> no. his last name was Tauber. That's and we're like, And we used yeah. to make fun of him so much about it. Because we're like, no, you cannot nickname yourself. Right. right. And now we're calling it to you in jest, right? <laughs> so, like, uh, have you seen that commercial, Little Baby KK? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when you're watching football? And so like, they, all the panelists get a nickname. And they name one Little Baby KK. And everyone <laughs> no. else's is real cool. And he's like, no. No, I don't accept this. <laughs> yeah, right. so, so the so, MFG. And I am not going to talk about the nicknames that I've had over the years because I'm not giving you all any more <laughs> fuel to make fun of me about. So that's the thing. So we ahead. grow into them and we grow out of them sometimes and sometimes yeah. they stick, right? Yeah. So, so Andrew's Drew and now he's just the MFG. Yeah. So I was, you know, obviously in tons of machine shops and we have fun in machine shops yes, sometimes at the expense of other people unfortunately <laughs> this was not one of those things but we gave each other nicknames all the time right and i was a second shift leader at a machine shop and the guys used to call me gucci castro because <laughs> i got the beard and i used to wear a gucci hat when i used to machine you know just some fly stuff right yeah. and said so i kind of looked like castro with the beard so they bought <laughs> me that. like this sticker and it had like skull on it with like the crossbones were caliper and a micrometer and it was like really dope <laughs> and it said gucci castro like the guys that ran the shit for me so i go into a teaching job i transitioned from there but since they had the thing on my box that's what i was every other shop i went to right that's so, what you will be forever and exactly now. exactly anytime i walk into a shop i'm gucci castro so shout out to all of you guys that i've been that's working like your with. machinist awesome. moniker that was my machinist name right so i go into this school situation and i don't bring my box from the shop because it's got some stickers on there that probably aren't like school appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't feed into that stereotype. Yeah, I know, it sucks. <laughs> we talked talk about not doing that. Yeah, on right, shows. but that's the good thing though and that's why I can give the perspective that I give because yeah, 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 yeah. I was one of the scumbags, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so who better to teach you how not to be a scumbag in a shop than somebody that kind of was one. So, so you cleaned yourself up and became bougie? I did, yeah. exactly. So with the polishing came the new nickname and I walked into this classroom and actually one of my students are here so we can ask him about it. But the first class that I had, they were just as shocked as, as anybody would be to see their instructor with gold teeth and as young as I am, right? So mm -hmm. they weren't expecting it. So they wanted to give me a nickname. And I came in after first semester and I was blessed with the MFG. And as I would there ask them, yo, so what is this? Are you guys cussing me out? Like, do you love <laughs> me? Do you hate me? Like, what is this? And everybody had a different meaning for the MF and the G. And they were all dope. So... It just became a thing that stuck. And as I went on the road and 
I go speak to other kids in other colleges. They always have a great idea of what it is. The younger the kids, the more vulgar it kind of is. <laughs> yep. so I go, who are y'all parents? <laughs> um, but no, so there's been some cool ones, but long answer to let everybody down. Yeah. It's whatever you Well, and now we're is. taking it to a whole new level because all the titles of your episodes. Yeah. By the way, thank you for being a guest host. Oh, no doubt, man. Thank y'all for having We love our me. guest host for season one. I think you're the last guest host. Oh, there's one more who we got to bring on, but he's the last one in season one. Yeah. We're going to have to kick off a new season soon. So yeah, we're pumped about that, but let's go MFG. So your episodes are going to be like this one's manufacturing fuels greatness. How cold is that? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was your idea, Nick. So yeah, you got really that yeah. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Giving me credit. I can give you credit every hundred episodes. That's or something dangerous, like that. man. Yeah. You be I will also that. say this. I'll also say this. You come up with a good idea every once in a while, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that is listening, this is a challenge to you all. What does the MFG stand for for y'all? There you, you know go. What I'm saying? Yeah, if you listen to this episode, Let's we comment. usually keep the call to action at the end, but we're going to do it now. If you listen to this episode and you like it, share it on LinkedIn or whatever, Instagram, wherever you have something that you can share. Wherever you at. And tell us what MFG means to you. So can I tell a quick story? I got yeah. another quick story. Okay. And then we got to so, introduce our guests. Too. We will. And then we'll introduce our guests. Actually, we got to do our segment, which I think Drew's got a chip on his shoulder that he wants to share. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of heavy. I got a quick story. So you're from St. Louis. You say y'all. I yeah. just moved to Nashville. I always did say y'all, even though I was from Chicago, but now I'm starting to say it even more. <laughs> and this is the cutest thing. I was at church yesterday and we had some missionaries from Lima, Peru that were at the church kind of like telling their story. And there was this cute older lady that was the translator. Her father had supported some of these guys going back like decades. And now she's kind of like taken that over and she's come back to do the translation between this Peruvian missionary and our congregation or to say what's going on. And as she's translating, she's throwing y'alls into the translation. And I told her, my wife, I'm like, is he saying y'all in Spanish? Because I don't think he is. <laughs> There's got to be a Spanish y'all, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, like this. You know, it's like way. Exactly. It's way. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. It was like all the guys I grew the, up with. The, the y'all like, is universal. Right? You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. it's funny. Are you tired of putting out fires? Is the coolant starting to go bad? Are your cutting tools edgy, or is that just how you're feeling? Chances are, we've been there too. So we have to ask, what's the chip on your shoulder? All right, Drew, what's the chip on your shoulder? So uh, the chip on my shoulder has been weighing on myself. And I think a lot of Let's people- get it out. Confession, industry, man. Yes, I'm going to use this time as my therapy. But we've got like a really weird space around the word and the people influencer in oh, our industry. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? I actually kind of hate the word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's connected to so many things. When someone calls me an influencer, I'm like, man. I despise it myself. You know what I'm saying? That's the weird thing that we have to like, the weird line that we have to walk, right? Yeah. Because in other industries, it doesn't have the same connotation. Yeah. I think it might be good or bad, whatever, but it doesn't have as much <clears throat> of a negative connotation as we give in our industry. So are you saying like when you're selling your cosmetics, yeah, it's yeah. okay. I'm that's, good. That's, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's good. Yeah, when yeah. When he's at the grill store. The lingerie, yeah, exactly. So while we have that time, stlgrills.com. Yeah. Do your holiday that? shopping, please. So my thing is, is this. As much as I even hate being called an influencer, because I feel like, although I do have a lot of influence, I'm learning every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm conveying what I'm learning to people, no matter if they follow me or not. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that we have a whole lot of those people in our industry that are one time that were called subject matter experts mm-hmm. and that gave them a certain type of authority where we felt like, okay, this person does know what they're talking about. Let's listen. They're just as much of a quote unquote influencer, no matter their age, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? No matter what they look like yep. as any of us in this room, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. But when we just call people influencers and then we call other people subject matter experts or even go as far as to say expert or whatever that may be, then we're saying one is for show and one has more substance, right? Yeah, yep. And so then that discourages people from creating content and showing what we do in our industry. Yeah, like putting themselves out there. Well, I always like to say, and this kind of goes back to the roots of making chips, I'm just trying to inspire others. It's like right. we're trying to raise all boats here. You know what I mean? We're trying to help yes. the industry. Yes. And it's not about me. I just want to be a platform to be able to raise other people up. I don't want to try to be a cult of personality. Right. And I think it's if you make a career out of a cult of personality, you're trying to support that cult of personality always. And so you want to subjugate other people who could potentially threaten you from an influencer standpoint. Yes. It's kind of like goes back to the whole notion of what's the primary job of a politician to get reelected? Well, what's the primary job of an influencer? Make sure they're their only influencer. No, I don't you know think what I mean? that. But so I think that that's where... And I'm not saying you're trying to do that. You, no, obviously no, no, you're no, not, no, no, no. You know, but there's yeah, people yeah, that yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, but I think that's where we misalign things because... For a long time, I don't think that there in any other industry. Yeah, maybe there is a race to the top for influencers because that industry has already accepted influencers and said, okay, there's going to be this many, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or over time, we've seen that this industry can support five or whatever that may be. Right. Yeah. But that scarcity mindset of, yeah, you're going to. Taking something off of my plate as an influencer, that's we don't have the luxury in manufacturing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. The right. reality of that is people, we got so many boats we gotta raise. Yes. And people they're not saying like, okay, I see Nick as the only influencer, right? You guys have two totally different stories, right? Right, right. right. You guys have two and totally different personalities different, right. and everything. There's people that love this show because of you. There's people that love this show because of you. There's people that love but this show because of But probably mostly because of Nick or like, no, would you say 50-50? Which way are we leaning here? I mean, Jason was first. I came to save it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I always try to like, if I can make another church analogy, one of my big influences is a preacher named John Piper. Uh-huh. And like what he's influences a lot of people. He's got a huge platform. And the one thing that he's always trying to say is like, no, 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 don't look to me. Look to the book. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and for us, it's like, okay, it's not about us. It's like, here's some principles, but get into manufacturing, like influence other, inspire other people yes. into manufacturing. Yes. It's, not about, yes. it's not about me. It's about manufacturing. Amen. It's about that. Wow. It should be a great <laughs> industry for our country and to raise people out of poverty. 100%. Give people yeah. that aren't necessarily students or want to have a professional degree. Or like, people that do. There's so many yeah. stories within our industry and we need, what other industry is saying, there's a million open jobs right now. We don't know where, right. there's going to yeah. 3.5 million open yeah. in the next 20, 10 was, years, yeah, right? Yeah. Whether you got a high school diploma or a PhD. Like we say that to like Tony Schmitz who has a PhD in machining and we're like yeah, you can go from a Tony Schmitz a PhD in machining to get a GED from high school. And we need them all. Yes, we need them all. And that's back to the spiritual thing. So it's not about us. We need to bring as many people as we can into the fold. (laughs) To inspire. Yes. And what we have to understand is again, if it's not at least somebody from the manufacturing fold, the name of the game is 
content and influencing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So if they're not influenced by us, they're going to be influenced by someone else that could hire them or yeah. someone else. Yeah, that I feel I feel them. the chip on your shoulder, man. I think there's like I'm imagining like an actual chip, like a poker chip. Oh yeah. So there's like yeah. two oh, sides of this. Not thing. a metal chip. Well, no, just because <laughs> it might be more than two sides of a metal chip, man. It's all curled yeah, up. It's a six true. or a nine. You come know on, what come saying? on, roll with <laughs> yeah, me here. Roll go. with me here. <laughs> all right. So on one side, <laughs> the caution is don't be a phony influencer. Mm, Don't yeah, be like, oh, I want to sell things to manufacturers. So now I like get a ring camera like Drew and <laughs> a ring light. <laughs> Start slanging. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and like you actually didn't take the time to learn anything. Or you have nothing real substance. You have no substance, right? That's the caution on the other side. And then on the flip side of that, don't be a bully to someone who's trying to grow this mission. This that thing, we're all right, on, right, you know? right. And so, so we've got to understand a couple of things. My thing is, again, I don't like the influencer tag, but I understand that I do have an influence on people, yeah, right? Yeah. And I definitely have an influence on people that are looking for a way to find that. I wouldn't call manufacturing salvation, but for me, it kind of was. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and so whether they're poor and black or poor and white or poor and female or just struggling with something in life this is a vessel for you if you see a video of mine and that turns you on to the industry and then you say okay i want to get technical so then you find an a-bomb video or maybe even a titan video Mm -hmm. you're still here so we all three did our job right but the problem has been though the people that have been here unfortunately are of the mindset of the scarcity like if this person starts getting these views it's not necessarily taking it from you bro like these are views from people that would not have viewed our industry if it wasn't yeah for like if someone hires drew to. to speak at the event then they didn't hire making chips so like drew you're not coming on the show anymore I'm okay. you're taking money out of jason's flight <laughs> yeah, right right <laughs> i'll stay home with my kids it's all good well but the bigger picture is if we have more people in this industry there's going to be so many more yeah, events exactly that there you go everybody has an you opportunity think about, like they should invite it us reminds both. me of like happy yeah, madison right, right. you know like adam sandler like happy madison yes like he always has his boys on all of his movies yeah. and so it's just they all rise with it and that's how it should be I mean, like, Drew's been a machinist, Titan's been a machinist, Tony's been a machinist, Jason Zanger hasn't been a machinist. But you know what? That's okay. I go into shops all the time. Yeah. I help people with their processes in my way, and I put in my time. Well, yeah, and you're not and posting you, about, like, G&M codes that you don't I'm know. I'm not posting and about so that. that's the <laughs> caveat. Yeah. That's the caveat. I'm trying to be authentic. <laughs> that's the star, and that's the star that we have. You yeah. have to have the authenticity, right? Yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah. That story, our industry, again, is so big that you're not the only one. Right. There's other people in our industry yeah. that are walking your walk and they need to hear your story right. because it connects with them. Right? Yeah. There are people yeah. here that have certain stories and certain things that they need to hear and they need the perspective of where they are or where they're going or where they've been. Right. Yeah. So there should be... I'm the be, tooling salesman that's an influencer. That's okay. You, you know, I don't yeah. machine And I bet you if you go on Indeed, there's a bunch of tooling salesmen open jobs right now <laughs> and we need them. So somebody out there needs that perspective. And so it's like, be an influencer, however, be authentic to where you are and what your expertise may be. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't try to talk all this shop talk and you haven't been in the shop. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? for sure. And if you have not been in the shop, but you're good with these cameras and you're putting a light on our industry, let that be your story. Yo, yep. I've never been in the shop before. Follow me as I figure this thing out or, you yeah. know, whatever it may you be. You might ask That's better questions. <laughs> you yeah. will. Yeah, you will. True. Like with Matthew and Casey doing Making Sparks for us, yeah. like Casey's like comes at it from a totally different yeah. angle. And totally. you'll ask the questions that the people, again, who need to hear your perspective have in their head. You know what I'm saying?
Hey, Metalworking Nation, Jason Zenger here. Do you know I operate on NetSuite, the ERP when you need one source of truth for all of your data, your CRM, your accounting, your operations, everything. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage your risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash chips. That's netsuite.com slash chips to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash chips. Do it now. I got a perspective I need to hear because okay. this was a big chip. You Let's were, I it. mean, I could see it being heavy. You got a guest to introduce and he's got a story. He's got a story. So why don't you introduce our guest? All right. So our first episode, right? Our first MFG making chips episode <laughs> is a gentleman that I was definitely inspired by when I first got into teaching and then going from teaching to traveling and speaking. This guy is somebody that is obviously local to St. Louis. So we hit it off there. But then him being in the age bracket that he is, we could really connect on a lot of different things that matter to us and that we saw that was going to push this industry forward. So we connected there. And then I got to hear about his story along those lines and seeing him everywhere and seeing him active and involved. I just really wanted to be able to share my platform yeah. and tell this story because there are people, like we said, that need this perspective and need to hear their story. So I got my dude, Dan Porters from Edge Technology. What's up, Dan? Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah, no, it's yeah, great welcome. to have you. No yeah. pressure. First guest. <laughs> no pressure. That's all good. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you fail, Drew really kind of yeah, goes down yeah. with you. So I know. We both riding on this thing. We're only one episode long. It's probably my fault. <laughs> right, right. No, I appreciate you guys having me out. It's a topic of mine that I'm super passionate about because I was kind of a ship without a rudder for a little while under my own doing, but found this industry and kind of figuring things out from there. And I'm nice. excited that we're going to tell your story because I see you everywhere. Yeah. We're both in like the machine tool peripherals world. Yeah. You mm -hmm. see each other at like trade shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? And like yeah. open houses and stuff. Yeah. So Edge does bar feeders for yeah. those that don't know. And I, we obviously do chip conveyors and right. work holding and things that like get sold with machine sure. tools. So we're in the same place all the mm -hmm. time. We've hung out a few times, but right. I've never actually heard your story. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize until today that your stories totally intersect with Drew's. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So let's go yeah. back to yeah. the beginning. What is your manufacturing story? That's like the question we always like yeah. to start people off with. Let me a little tee it up. A yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Let me it's get your show, man. To it. Yeah. So before we get into Dan's story, Dan's stories are where a lot of people are right now, right? Me being in an academic setting and then also speaking with industry, I get to see the perspective of kids that don't know it's their senior year. 
what do I do? I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I just had fun all of these four years. Now life is looking really real. It's my last semester. Four-year college might not be for me, but how do I make a good living? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, what are my options to still do that? Their parents are thinking the same thing because we know our kids. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it's like, yo, my kid's a good kid. Traditional school wasn't for them. I don't know if my kid's going to be able to have a good rest of their life or if they're yeah. going to be living off of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I try to calm them down. One of the things that I do is tell them that one of our favorite people, Jesus was in the trades. Yeah. He was a blue collar worker. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus also didn't go to college. So things are going to work out. That's a little entree. So that's way too so, big of a comparison. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. We have Christmas coming up. I got a little side thing that I just learned. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Hebrew language is there's not a lot of words in the Hebrew language. So like when you have a word, it could mean like multiple things, right? There's like a fraction of the number of words in Hebrew as there is. English. So somebody told me once that it's a little bit like we believe Jesus was a carpenter, but the word could also be translated possibly that he worked with like bricks or like structures, maybe like built houses, early that lathes. type of stuff. Yeah, 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 not, yeah. not lathes, not lathes, you know. <laughs> was Jesus a machinist? There was no lathes. Yeah, was Jesus no, a machinist? That's the, that's the case we're going to make today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that like a new sticker or t-shirt we're going to come out with? Jesus brought us to Bridgeport. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Dan's perspective, but one thing just on what you said about like where people are at right now, your senior year, junior year, whatever, you're like, man, I got to get a job or I got to go to school or whatever. I think right now, especially, maybe this is just my opinion. I'll just speak for myself. I think I'm more skeptical and questioning higher education more than ever. So are kids. Okay. So So are kids. Yeah. Yeah. So as I travel on tour, I speak to high schools. I speak to technical schools. I do all of this stuff in different cities, right? So I'll be in Nebraska one week and then I'll be in the Bronx the next week, right? Mm -hmm. But no matter what these kids look like in their circumstances, they're all really, really skeptical of these traditional systems. Because if you think about the screenagers right now, everything that they've seen stability in stock market, real estate, they were birthed during pandemics. They Mm. were birthed during Mm -hmm. the recession that Mm -hmm. we were like, yo, what? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that's their level of understanding. So Dan, go back to where you were, like when you were in this mindset, what were you thinking? Well, so uniquely enough, I graduated high school in 2008, which was not a great economic (laughs) time. (laughs) Great segue. (laughs) The high school that I graduated from is just assumed you went to a four-year college. It's what 99% of us did. So I went to a small college in Kansas City called Rockhurst for, I guess, three semesters. Hand up, terrible student. Not that I wasn't smart enough to do it, just couldn't care less. You just didn't want to be there. No, it's not that I didn't want to be there. I just didn't want to do school. Okay. I didn't know I was studying accounting, but I didn't want to be an accountant. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying don't go to college. If you're going to be a surgeon, please go to college. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm learning these things. I'm like, why am I in pre-calc? Right. I don't need calculus to be an accountant. Yeah. And it was really expensive. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, man, what am I doing here? So then came back home from Kansas City, moved back in with mom and dad. Let's pause right there. That's if we can. What was that conversation like? What's that? With your parents. Uh, like, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to embarrass you by not allowing you to say that your son graduated college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were pretty supportive. Oh, that's good. Probably nervous. Okay. I mean, they saw the potential that I had and 
probably thought I was wasting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they didn't say that to you. No, (laughs) they probably thought it, though, and I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. So then I came home, was enrolled at Merrimack Community College. I say enrolled because, sorry, mom and dad, I was enrolled. I wasn't exactly going. (laughs) And I was working as a manager at my buddy's soft pretzel store. And I'm 22 at this point. Does it start with a G? No. Okay. Is it Auntie Annie's? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Pretzel Boys. Anyway. (laughs) So I kind of just one day got kind of hit in the head with a brick of, am I wasting any talent that I have managing a pretzel store? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just knew there was more to it. Mm -hmm. So I was doing some side jobs with a buddy of mine. His father-in-law was a contractor. He said, hey, why don't you just go to Rankin? And I said, no one in my family had ever been to trade school, was in the trades at all. I didn't know what a Bridgeport was. I was calling end mills drills for the first month that I was there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what these things... I didn't even know you could cut metal. (laughs) What do you mean you cut metal? Seems really hard. How do you cut (laughs) What do you mean you cut metal? Isn't it just there? Like That's literally Uh the world I was coming from. So I went to Rankin Technical College. And that's like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm a workforce guy. So I'm going to always tie these things back. It goes back to that influencer thing. Because we don't know what we don't know. And nobody's just randomly walking into a machine shop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You might randomly need like unless you're like me or Dan trying to sell somebody something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's not that right. random, right? Yeah, it's not that random. They've been it's praying on you. Yeah, they've been working on this pitch for a while. But no, so plumbers, we might have an emergency. We need a plumber. We need a mechanic. Right. We have an opportunity to see these careers. But with us, unless someone is showing what we do, how we do it, those different things, why we do it more importantly then we're missing out on the dance. And there's a lot of people, I think, right now, parents also especially, that are in that gray space where it's like, I want my kids to have a great life, obviously. My kids want to feel fulfilled and engaged, but we just don't know what that looks like or a platform or an outlet to do that. So Mm -hmm. Dan found Rankin. Yeah, and this is where my head was at walking in there. I mean, I wasn't planning on being a machinist. I literally went to one of the counselors and said, look, I'm pretty intelligent. How can I make the most money? Go be a machinist. I "I don't know what that is, but yeah, we'll give it. I mean, I I got nothing. I love the question and I love the answer because it's actually really true. Machinists are going to do well. So this was a technical college with many other choices. U.S. was the most lucrative career. And he said, go into machining. What were the other choices? Like what other trades? Yeah. So we offer, I'm not a professor there anymore. I was for four years, but automotive, plumbing, electrical. All the usual. Architectural. Yeah. Construction, carpentry. So even some IT stuff. Yep. IT stuff is really heavy, actually. And to be completely transparent, it's a miracle that that happened. Because a lot of the people in those offices, as far as when I was working there, would have just shuffled them to something that they know. And they don't know machining, right? Mm-hmm. So he would have ended up in one of the auto tracks or electrical, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just love that that was the answer. Well, and I think mm-hmm. maybe part of it was they actually took, you know, looked into my profile a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got no blue collar history. I'm not going to know what any of these things are anyway. Well, he was studying accounting. Maybe he can do math a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just made that connection. I don't know. Yeah. 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 But anyway, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because after I graduated from there, uh, I went to work at a local tool and die shop for six years and learned. I don't call myself a tool and die maker because that term's kind of held with reverence and yeah. it's a pushback on it. <laughs> sure. But holy smokes, you learn a lot. Yeah. You know? And I did mm-hmm. everything under the sun in that shop because they'd move you around whether it was intentional or not, just about every year you'd be doing something else. Did you start as a machinist at that shop? Yeah. Okay. Started as a lathe programmer and operator. Okay, cool. And then went to EDM, went to mills, went to assembly, 
to spend some time in engineering. Where were you? Davis Tool and I in Fenton. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, Did you play some there? No. So I wasn't actually teaching. I was in the field when he was. So I came, I was at ranking 18 through 22 yeah. as a teacher. And then I actually left just April of 22. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then Rankin's where you got your basic yep. education yep. and then you go to Davis. Correct. And then tell us what's next and what's the next so, chapter there. If I could. Yeah. 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 It's your uh, show, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can. <laughs> so I will. No, I but, mean, you let me know if I can talk. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I know we're talking to the leaders, business leaders, but I think that we're also talking to job seekers and yeah. we're talking mm -hmm. to people who know nothing about this career in this pathway and all that we have. So I want the industry, the business, the entrepreneurs, the industry leaders to listen to this story and then think about the things that turned him on and the things that brought him into our industry and think about how you can apply that right now to your local trade school. Sure. Like, how can you start building these bridges to make this pipeline stronger? So that begs the question, was this company actively recruiting you while you were at ranking? What did you think your job prospects Good were going to be? How did you end up there? And then more importantly, like I've hired for shops and I've been in shops and tool and die is held with high reverence. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like within a shop, that's probably where the most scrutiny would be in hiring. Right. I'd probably need either somebody that's super specialized mm -hmm. and really understands the different metals we're making, the molds we have to make work holding is mm -hmm. crazy important. Right. Yep. Fixtures. Or I got to have somebody that is willing to shut up and learn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So how did you get from your final semester at Rankin uh -huh. to working tool and die at Davis? So after I completed my first year at Rankin, Boeing actually came through with a really, really good job offer. And they asked our instructors, we want your top two or three recommendations. This is going to sound like I'm bragging. I'm not. No. Hey, okay. no, but hey, okay. yo, yo, talk your top two bro. or three, your top two or three. So Come good. on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I almost took that job. But strangely enough, they wanted you right away. They didn't even want you to finish your program. And I was like, well, I only got a year left. I don't even have a certificate to my name, much less a degree. So I turned that down. Anyway, Tool and Die, Davis Tool and Die approached with a similar question. And I actually worked there part time through my last year's school. Uniquely enough, they actually hired three of us at the same time. And I don't know if they were evaluating us, but I was the only one still there from my class when I left okay. to go to Edge. So maybe I got lucky. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you killed the other two guys. Maybe I mm. did. I mean, this could be like a murder mystery podcast. <laughs> you know, no one's heard <laughs> Hey, of is again. the door unlocked? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I guess it was a fortunate situation. That I don't, well, so I think maybe fortunate, but I think there's lessons in here. And I think that a lot of manufacturers that I talk to, most of what we talk about is hiring people. Drew, there's not enough people, or I can't mm -hmm. find these people, or where do these people come from? And it's like the companies that are winning right now, are building that relationship while these kids are learning mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. they're doing it, they're teaching and hiring at the same time. And there's a two-handed approach, right? And if you're waiting until kids are a year in or two years in and they've been with a company, especially now, bro, like you left in 15, correct? Yep. I got there in 18, right? And when I got there in 18, our first semester with our students, they would 
have like a big orientation and like this is what you're going to learn. This is all the dope projects that you're going to have. And then immediately after that, it was Boeing for him. Mm-hmm. But for my students, it was Honeywell. Mm-hmm. And Honeywell would come in and they're super government locked in. I don't know how much we're going to have to redact. But, <laughs> but they would come in and they would offer everybody in the class show this dope video of we make defense stuff, like really getting pumped up. We're going to hire you at $36 an hour. There's going to be a guaranteed dollar and a half raise. You can't start until after you graduate, but you've got to get government clearances. So we're going to work on that with you now. We're going to fly you out in a couple of months. And these are kids you don't know. They could not know a drill from an end mill. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're planting that seed. And these right. kids, the whole two semesters that they're there, they're interning with people. They're getting a, local, a lot of local offers. Yeah. But what's on the back of their mind? $36 an hour right. at Honeywell. Just they're like going to fly was like, me hey, out. What trade can I make the most money? Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. And stability. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's well, not let me just talk 36. stability a little bit because I think there's another lesson here, too. You hear names like Honeywell and Boeing or Woodward, like yeah. Woodward's right nearby, yeah. advanced or in Rockford, where I'm from. And you hear those big names. It's kind of like the same thing with a big university. Like, oh, I yeah. want to go to sure. U of yeah. I or Northwestern or whatever. Right. And you're like, oh, I want to go there. But I think like the Davis tool, yeah. you know, the smaller tool in Dia Shop, mm-hmm. they might be more flexible in some ways. They, they might are. have more stability. They've got more clout. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And nine times out of 10, Davis is making stuff for them. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, yo... Honeywell's good and shiny, but it's just you got to know how to hustle, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's nothing wrong with going to work for a Boeing or a Honeywell no, or anything no, like no. that. But don't Do that. write off the Rankins and the small technical schools just like you shouldn't write off the tool and die shop. Right, 100. Mm-hmm. And again, there's room for all of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I might be a guy that had Honeywell set and I'm Honeywelling because I know. Okay, no offense. If I want to work automotive, I can get C's in this program. If I can set up a machine, halfway set up a machine, halfway run a program that's already proved out, I can get a job. I can make 25 bucks an hour. I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? But if I want to do Honeywell, there's a certain standard. I'm going to do great on all these projects. I want to show them that I deserve 36 starting out plus a $1.50 raise. So I'm going to push myself even more. Honeywell time comes two years later and I've tasted little local companies and stuff like that. And maybe they've made an impression on me. But since Honeywell was my standard, my work is Honeywell work. Yeah. And now I'm coming to a mom and pop shop because it fits me more. You know what I'm saying? And maybe you're running the milling department or the lathe department. Maybe I'm showing them how to cut hard metals now, or maybe I'm showing them how to do multi-axis work now. And now they have a new revenue source, right? Or maybe and, you're not even making chips at all, right? Right, 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 right. This so, kind of segues. So that's where we went. Look at yeah. this pro. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so tool and die. Yeah. Let's get there. Yeah. So worked at Davis Tool in for six, six and a half years. Cautionary tale for the machinists out there, maybe. And I have a chip on my shoulder, too, that we could get to at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, the double chip episode. Yeah. I mean, I cutting metal <laughs> is dope. It's so fun. Programming, like at the end, I had three mills. I programmed, set up, operated, inspected all of them. I'd show up on Monday morning with a stack of prints and cut material and said, hey, I've had it. So that's really cool. I did send, start putting out my resume, though. I'd worked 24 days in a row. Mm-hmm. That's Saturday and Sunday included. Wow. I mean, our hours were 55 hours a week were the minimum. Yeah, It wasn't anything to see a 75, 80-hour week. Wow. Yeah. Burnout's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. real thing. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm really, really, oh, I guess we'll go right in the trip on the shoulder. I'm not the every kid needs a trophy kind of guy. Yeah. That kind of stuff at all. But my thing about the machining industry is when you're perfect, you just did your job. Mm-hmm. When you're 100% perfect, all you did was your job. 
Yeah. When you're 99% perfect, you scrapped apart. Right. That weighs weighs on you yeah. after doing it 24 days in a row or six right. and a half years in yes. a row. Where if you're not 100% that day, you didn't do your job right. Yeah. Yeah. The standard might be too high. Yeah. Which goes into another conversation that I have a lot with manufacturing leaders. And they call me into their shop. And they're like, Drew, I'm working with the local colleges. I'm working with community members. I can get people in, but I can't keep them. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Why can't I keep these people? Are they scared to death to scrap apart? And that's mm-hmm. the reason why there's no room for them to learn. There's no room for them even to say, hey, I think I might scrap apart. Mm-hmm. Can you show me how not to? Yeah, right. Because in our machine shop, that means this dude is inadequate. Yeah. And now his ticket's written. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You almost like don't want to look like an imposter, so you don't even ask any questions. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know you what I'm saying? Ask, you don't ask for help. Yeah, and I don't know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Now I'm incompetent. And we've had whole episodes about that. And we push people away and yeah. they're not finding, unfortunately, another job in manufacturing. They're leaving our industry completely yeah. because the people, the amount of companies that are getting it right are so small mm-hmm. that most of us have that mindset. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Unfortunately. Yeah. And I was I ran a shift. I had that same mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I did a study, a case study when I was at MIT. And it showed how they do it across seas and they lean into problems. If you say that there's no problem, that is a problem. So that level of transparency says, hey, this is my problem. This part's not going to be that good. And then leaders can say, "Okay, now I Mm. can put a solution in place. To where we're not scrapping parts. Yeah. You know what was I'm that saying? part of the Toyota manufacturing? Yeah, it was. That was. Yeah, the yeah we talked tra- about the, that yes. when, when we spoke at that tri-state machining. Yeah, thing. I mean, it was a huge red flag when people were saying that there was no problems. They actually yeah. like speaking look at my shop. Like, look at all the stuff we did right. And then it was this guy trying to talk to his Japanese owners. Yeah, and he's like, "Look at my shop. We get everything right." And they're yeah. like, "Man, he didn't bring us any treasures." That's yeah, what right. They the yeah, they call yeah. them treasures. Yeah. yeah. So in our same case study, we were. They have a nickname. I can't pronounce it for American workers. Uh-huh. And it translates to, no problem, boss. And yeah. that's what they were calling us. <laughs> they were calling oh, us, no really? problem, boss. Kind of like yeah. a because way it translates to y'all. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Nick, thanks for sending me that shop tour video that you just did. That was great. Yeah, you know, I got the idea from one of my customers and they told me that when they have a prospect visit their shop for a tour, they have an over 90% close rate. Well, you know, with all of these supply chain problems, people are setting up new vendors all the time. Why not send them one of those videos instead? Yeah, it was great. The ThomasNet team helped me. They sent somebody to my facility and they were able to kind of capture a shop tour without it being in person. So you can check that out on my ThomasNet profile, Advanced Machine and Engineering or Hennig. We actually had two of them done. That's great. And I talked to ThomasNet about this and they said that they can send a camera with short notice anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. And when you go to ThomasNet, you can engage with a half a million suppliers, 78,000 categories of products, and every month they have 1.5 million buyers searching out suppliers. And videos are a great way for people to find out about your facility. Yeah, and it's really easy to sign up. You just go to the website, thomasnet.com, and a few clicks and you'll be right there. So go to business.thomasnet.com slash programs, and that'll take you directly to sign up for one of their videos. That's business.thomasnet.com slash programs. So that is what we unfortunately also had. That's one of the blind spots that we have, that we're not in a space where we're having these conversations or letting these people have these conversations without saying, oh, well, 
that's not how we used to do it. There's snowflake. They should push past it. And it's like, yo, mm-hmm. maybe. However, this is the world that we're in. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'll sure. say also from the machining side, that's what made me bounce job. It's like, okay, if I'm great at this machine and I do 100%, when they bring another machine in the door, am I the person that gets to work on it? Or are they going to keep me on this machine? Yeah. Because I get this machine running at 100%. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right, right. And it's like, man, sometimes you're too good to even grow. And the thing that saved me was jumping around industries. And when I couldn't find different like automotive to medical to whatever. And then when I couldn't find something that would engage me, ranking actually saved me being able to Yeah, teach. boredom can burn you out because yeah. you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, R- not having a new job. Yeah. Okay, Drew, I knew this was going to happen with you, dude. Because <laughs> like... Drew talks a lot? Well, yeah. <laughs> He's like a good storyteller. He brings on good guests like Dan. So we try to keep these to like 45 minutes tops, which is where we're at right now. And when we have awesome episodes, we do a part one and part two. So let's conclude part one. <laughs>